check the mic and make sure it sound right, boys. Welcome to Red Storm Chasers. I'm Vincent here with Craig, Tim, and Nick. On this episode, we'll take a look back at the Florida State victory and we'll look ahead to the entire Big East season. Guys, how's it going? My week was pretty good. I made a gingerbread house for the first time with my girlfriend. Came out pretty good. Got a, one of the ones you buy from Target and you just assemble it together. It's pretty easy, pretty fun. Nice, uh, nice. And then I watched the World Cup on Sunday. It was a great game if you, uh, if you like soccer at all. It was a fantastic game from start. Even if you don't like soccer. Even if you don't like soccer. The last minute of the the, reg, the regulation, there was like four shots on goals, two blocks. It was crazy. And then I mean, the overtime it was went to, went to penalty kicks. were crazy. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah. the World Cup ending in penalty kicks is, is epic. amazing. And the extra my, time was crazy. Just... My only gripe with uh, gingerbread houses, by the way, is like you can't really eat them. They so, don't taste very good. I, yeah, 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 what so do you do with them after? That's what I said. Well, they also, you also sit out for like, you know, they're on display. And then, like a, yeah. then you're not going to eat them because they've been outside for like, you're sitting out yeah, in the open. You just throw them out. I asked. I asked my girlfriend. That. You she throw them in a fire pit. I just. I, I, I just. Mean, I that's I one w- way to get I said I wanted to punch it. I mean, you might as well. I, I mean, listen, garbage anyway. It, it, you, you might as well have fun with it. They sell it as like food you can eat, but it's it's not. It's really, it doesn't really the taste. The icing good, you can kind of eat. The icing you can eat. It. Yeah, but the the actual only when you're actually actively making. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. And the and the gingerbread that like is like the lowest form of gingerbread. Doesn't taste very good. No. Anyway, it's hard. Tim, how's your? What's up with you? How's it going? Oh, it was a pretty good week. Uh, got to prepare a bunch of uh, presents for my daughter. Uh, still got to build some, which is always the uh, the fun part of being a father. Uh, yeah, not not. Sometimes it's great. Sometimes it's not. Uh, <laughs> got to build a kitchen, which is going to definitely be tough. Got to watch St. John's. Got to uh, hang out with Craig for a little bit. So that was good. Sick yeah. in. Craig, what, how did you, what did you do this weekend? Well, me and Tim hung out as we talked about. Nice. It was great, just the two of us nice. and Maddie. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, me and Vince were just alone. I, I was sitting at home waiting for an invitation to something. Just, uh, just no. lost it in the mail. So. Yeah, it was. We sent it. We cool. We did. Cool. I'm yeah. gonna get. I'm gonna get back to you on that. All right. Other than that, no, you know, regular kind of week. Uh, hung out with Tim. <laughs> All right. Yeah, All righty. All right. <laughs> wow. Guys, I guess now Christmas started for us, so uh, we went to uh, my wife's family's house for a little Christmas celebration. Start off the Christmas week. Uh, that was pretty. That was pretty much it. It was a good, good week. Watch some football. Alrighty. Well, thanks for the invite again. Uh, I uh, I had finals, so I did that, and we moved on with our lives. That's anyway, why I didn't invite you. You had finals. Uh, that. that had nothing to do with it. But anyway, <laughs> uh, so this week I want to hear your. Most unpopular opinion that you're willing to to die on the hill for? Like, what is the opinion that you think is your most controversial, or not your most controversial, but a most controversial one that you have? You're willing to die on the hill for. So what I'm asking you guys, who wants to go first? Come on, someone's got someone's got to jump in. Let's go. All right, I think I got one. All right, hit it. So. My, my mine is, I think Italian ice is better than ice cream. Just false, patently uh, false, Unbe- unbelievably untrue. First sure. of all, there's a w- growing up there's a place where we're from, Maglione's Ice, just the best ice, absolutely the best ice, ever. no doubt in the world. Better than Rita's. Rita's is great. I love Rita's. LMB Spony Garden is best Italian ice. Okay, well, sorry, fair enough. I don't think I've ever had it. I disagree. Oh, yeah, you should. You've had it. He should. Maybe not in a long time, not in long enough. But what I like about it, it's, it's more refreshing than uh, ice cream. And ice cream is always very heavy. So, like, when you're done, I feel, always, I feel better when I'm after uh, having Italian ice than I do having ice cream. That, I mean, that's, that's, that's a certainly an unpopular opinion because <laughs> it's, just, it's just not true. Ice cream is 
is a perfect dessert. It's great. It's everything it's you want. It's a great dessert. Be, preach. It's 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 got first of all, there's a wide the range of flavors. There's so many flavors in every different kind. Yeah, uh, you have that with Italian ice too. Not nearly as wide range of flavors. True. That's not true. not not even remotely every, close. You can do every flavor. You can, N- not even remotely. Not even. First of all, are, are the, you, the wait, availability wait, wait. number one is is way off the charts compared to ice cream has way more availability. Yeah, yeah. Than that Italian doesn't ice. mean you're don't. There's the no flavor range. It, the, flavor the flavor range is also way 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 bigger. No, but but wait, we got actually, we got wait we got break into. Are you talking strictly Italian ice or are you talking cream ice as well? Well, he said Rita, so that he would said Rita's Rita's like include cream ice. Color. Yeah, because cream ice. I mean, you could add custard have, to it and stuff like that. Whoa, now you're. I see. I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't, you asked the question. I was thinking regular Italian, I'm thinking like Italian ice. You get it in a cup. Well, That's I'm just saying because the, the cream ice. I don't even ice, know what cream ice is. Well, it's like mint chocolate like chip mint ice chocolate at Rita's. Italian ice. Yeah. Well, that, any of those flavors That's are classified like as cream Technically, ice. any of the flavors are like, aren't like fruit flavors. Like cookies and cream ice at, at Rita's is Oh, that's cream, oh, so cream that's, ice. That's so cream then I would ice. include that, yeah. yeah that's, that's fine. Okay. I, I think that's fair because you're in the same category. Yeah, 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 I would agree with yeah, yeah, that. That expands the range of Italian ice It does, but, but it doesn't... Still, the number of flavors is heavily ice cream compared to Italian ice. You can do every flavor. They don't make them, though. But you can. But whether you can or not doesn't change the fact that it doesn't... I can't go out... To the store right now and buy, pick a flavor. You pick dark it. chocolate truffle Italian ice. You probably should. shout out Briar. I can't. Rita's has one. Rita's has a dark chocolate. Uh, dark, dark Not that they sell in the store. Not that uh, they sell in, in Shoprite. Not that they sell in. There may be a, there. There are Italian ices that they sell in Shoprite. They sell the basic flavors. They sell strawberry. They sell lemon. lemon lime. They sell cherry. You guys don't even know that for a fact. I hundred percent. You guys I, don't I, go I, looking for. I, it. You, you know guys how, looking for ice. You know how you often I, I spend I in the do. ice cream aisle. No, I I actually do. Because my daughter, who has a uh, very low end palate, loves Italian ice more than ice <laughs> there cream. There you go. Just, wow. beca- just because ice cream is low more end. available doesn't wow, mean Tim. just because it's more available. She's a child. Doesn't mean <laughs> that Italian. Ice, I mean that ice cream is better. That wasn't my argument. My argument was simply that we it has more flavors. That's it. It has okay. more flavors, All right. and it also it tastes better. Unpopular opinion. Congratulations, Nick. That was you, good. It was Fantastic. certainly unpopular. Tim, what's your unpopular opinion that you're willing to die for? I will die on the hill that any other vodka that you buy besides Tio's is either overpriced or overrated compared to Tio's. I would agree with that. This guy, brand ambassador uh, Tio. Yeah, they, right. they paying you? I'm, I'm trying to work in that deal. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast brought to you. By I would. Tito. I would agree with that. <laughs> I mean, look, Tito's, I think that's fair. Tito's is great. I don't. It's my. It's my go-to. It's. It's. It's a good standard. It's perfect. They're all like Grey Goose is delicious. I mean, Gregor's is nice I used to drink Grey Goose in college, like all the time. I think it's I used to drink water. Oh, Tito's, Tito's wasn't out when you were in college. Me, that's true. It's the old. I'm an old man now. Tito's Tito's is high quality and cheap. Tim, I agree with you on yeah. this one. No, I, Tito's is great, but I, I also, saying there's no other vodka that's worthwhile is when, a little. When, aggr- when I think you take a shot of cold Tito's, you take a shot of cold Grey Goose. Tito's has a nicer finish than Grey Goose does. Disagree. Yeah, I, I fundamentally disagree. disagree. Tito's is fine. I, Tito's is good. I don't Tito's disagree with Tito's bite. is good, but more of a bite Grey, Goose, Grey Goose is, is, is yeah, it's like sipping vodka. I that's what I would I, say. Tim, I agree with you. Unfortunately, I see it as an, an unpopular opinion, so it is a fair choice. Craig, what's your unpopular opinion? My unpopular opinion is that the hamburger is superior, far superior to the cheeseburger. It, the cheese adds nothing; just changes the flavor for that for not for the better. Preach. They're both not as good as a chicken sandwich. Continue. 
<laughs> this guy doesn't like burgers, so we're not even going to listen to his opinion on this one. But he doesn't like ground beef. He doesn't like ground beef. Yeah. That's correct. Let's make fun of Vincent. Actually, there you go. You wanted my unpopular opinion? Ground beef is disgusting. Continue. <laughs> I mean, for a cheeseburger, a cheeseburger is always better than a hamburger. It's not. That's why they don't include hamburgers on most menus. That's ridiculous. Because everyone wants the cheeseburger. No, no. You, you sit there. You go. Get the cheese off the hamburger, please. I have to. I have to do it. I can't get a plain hamburger. That's I, it. I can tell you lettuce yeah. and tomato matter way more on a sandwich, on a, on a hamburger. The bun matters. The, the bun matters you significantly you know more. Actually, no. Tomato matters a lot because it shouldn't be on the burger. <laughs> <laughs> That'll get Tim going. There's a take. Oh, tomato needs to be pureed. That's it. <laughs> No, no man you hates tomatoes. You, you think I tomato. hate ground beef? This guy hates tomatoes. Hates tomatoes. Ugh. Cheese adds nothing to the burger. Cheese, I don't, it, it changes the flavor, also. not for the better. Also, to be right. honest, in most there's lots of dishes where cheese is unnecessarily added. Yes, yes. So my cheese that is very valid. Me. Very true. They add it to like millions of dishes for absolutely no reason. Whatsoever. And they don't tell you sometimes because they're like, oh, everyone wants everyone cheese. Everyone wants cheese. Well, well, that's not okay. true. Not everyone wants and cheese. Then, and then I'm paying for that cheese. I will accept that they throw cheese on anything they can. That's true. But throwing a slice of pepper jack on a really good cut of ground beef is fantastic. Vincent, you know be better than having right ground now. beef with no pepper jack on top. That of sounds like the worst meal I could ever imagine. <laughs> <laughs> Can I do one more um no, the thing the, is, uh, I don't enjoy cheese by itself. Like mm. it, a cold sub, you take the cheese off. I don't want the cheese on unless it's fresh months. Every every sub comes standard at every place with cheese. I, I, when you I, say no cheese, they look at you funny. And I know this because I, I order with, every sandwich with no cheese. I deal with that. <laughs> like, I'll take a roast beef turkey uh, with pickles, le- uh, lettuce, and mayonnaise with a uh, spicy brown mustard on. And they look at me like, what's the cheese? Right. And I'm like, no cheese. Did I stutter? Yeah. No cheese. And then they're like, really? I think there, there are things that cheese does work with. I'm not saying there's no thing that cheese, but I'm just saying. For burgers, unnecessary. For, that's my, for that's burgers, my a sharp cheddar, fair a, a, just a classic American white on it, nah. it improves the burger. No. Nah. 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 And hot Lettuce dog. and tomato. Hot dog, hot dog should be naked just the way God made them. Yeah, you're incorrect. <laughs> dirty, water, <laughs> you gotta, dirty water dogs are you better than put grilled straight hot dogs. No cheese. I mean, that's that's factual. Chili cheese uh, dogs. You gotta put you gotta put ketchup on it though. Come Chili on. cheese dogs. How you do it? All right, first, that's disgusting. <laughs> no, it's but, not. But we're the, not even gonna start with that. Ketchup. Put a ketchup on there for God's sake. No, not even ketchup. All right. Spicy brown mustard on it. What? Spicy brown mustard. You, you have wait in the past two food items you listed <laughs> spicy brown mustard. That's way that's more spicy, spicy brown mustard. Spicy. I've eaten my entire life. <laughs> spicy brown mustard deserves to be on a hot dog more than ketchup. That's that's an no, out, that's, that yeah. should have been your hot take. That is, yeah, that, that's I mean, that's, absolutely, that's I mean, ridiculous. Uh, none of them should be on. It should just be straight. All right. Well, you're wrong, Craig. <laughs> and Tim, you're wrong because <laughs> first of all, if anyone's putting mustard on a hot dog, it's yellow, which is wrong as well. Mellow, no. yellow, yellow mustard is, is not, disgusting. Whenever you see yellow mustard at a barbecue, you look and you go, "Why did they even bring that out?" <laughs> Who listen? Who's I, using I don't it? disagree that spicy brown mustard is one of the things that's standard you have to have, but no one actually uses. I, I watch. I watch. First of all, it. mom eats yellow mustard on hot dogs. Secondarily, she, yeah, she spice, really? you, yeah, first she of all, you've now eaten spicy brown mustard does not belong on hot dogs. That's it. Yes, That's it the does. end of it. That's the end of it. All right. I'll give you my my unpopular opinion. Uh I think lunch is the best meal of the day. And I can tell you why. Lunch. I agree. Because you can you can eat everything you want for lunch. Anything you can eat for dinner, I can eat for lunch. Fact. And what it allows for me to do, it allows me to plan for my night. So now I, oh, listen, I got to go out. I'm going to have some drinks at happy hour. Cool. I can eat a nice big lunch. Now I'm prepared. Now I'm not making up for, oh, I had a little, I had a wow. little weak sandwich. That's it. Wow. I'll go have pasta for lunch. Don't eat no, on the sandwich no. for lunch. Yeah, but you, there's so many d- more d- d- flavors. Dinner is best because you can have any one of those for dinner. 
You can have breakfast for dinner. You can have lunch for dinner. You can have. You can have all them for lunch. You can have all of them for breakfast if you really want to. You really can't. First of all, breakfast breakfast doesn't need to exist. So (laughs) we can just cancel that one out completely. Time's a contract anyway. What is? There's no reason for breakfast. I'll give you that one too. Breakfast wholly irrelevant. Nah. Well, big breakfasts are good. Well, big breakfasts are good. Breakfast after a night of drinking. No. Big, no. Big breakfast after your night of drinking, watermelon. What the yeah. hell? Did you just say watermelon? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so it's we're going to ignore that. that, man. We're going to ignore your stomach, and we, it's water. We're in Jersey, so we're going to have pork roll, egg, and cheese, salt, pepper, ketchup, on a hard roll. That's what we're having. But that's not a big breakfast. That's just a breakfast sandwich. For an, after a night of Craig's talking about like pancakes, which, about which pancakes are delicious and breakfast, and, and, and there is a place for that. But like, if you're gonna, if you're not going to do that, breakfast doesn't need to exist, and you can't do that every day. So breakfast doesn't need to exist. Just have it for dinner. You're fine. Lunch, you there can, you go. Like you, you said, have it for dinner. You can have anything yeah. you want for lunch. You can you, except and, breakfast. But you have more time to burn it off, so you can eat a bigger meal and you don't feel healthier. as bad. It's actually healthier. But but dinner is more of a social event. You want to socialize more. Listen, I'll go. I'll go to a nice dinner. Oh, brunch is certainly brunch is hundred percent overrated. Oh, brunch is a million percent overrated. Give me give me a real lunch. Give me a real breakfast. But and then just give me the mimosas. Lunch is better. Like lunch lunch options are better than dinner options. Is my point? Absolutely not. No way. There's more flavors. There's more sauces. I always see as there's more no no lunch options are always available for There's way more things. There's way more high-end restaurants. All, than restaurant, lunch all restaurants are open for lunch. Well, of course Just they are. Me. You can always have the you, again. Time's a contract. You can have food whenever you want, whenever you're hungry. You know, it doesn't matter. Like, I can eat a nice. Great, it's just really a term. I can eat a big meal for lunch, it's just and then I meal. have all day to burn it off. I don't have to worry you about. Just, you're really just talking about times of the day to eat. No, I'm not. I'm talking about lunch things. You're talking about it, hear me fasting. That's you're, what you're no, no, you're not about. talking about lunch things. You're saying eat things that you eat for dinner for v- lunch. Vincent's pro That's what you're intermediate saying. fasting. That's what he is. <laughs> I mean, maybe I am. Brunch, though, we can go back to that for a second because brunch is the most overrated thing of all time. There's no reason for it. Like, wh- first of all, why the, the menu is always terrible. With, why are you giving me pizza with runny eggs on? 100. percent Just what give are you me doing. If we're gonna go day drink, let's just day drink. Let's call yeah. it day drinking, and let's, we'll just do that. Let's let's be adults and just day drink. There's no reason for us to go to. Oh, I'm gonna go to brunch on Sunday. No, no. Let's just let's just go and day drink, and that's what we're gonna do. That's it. Those are our unpopular opinions. While we have lunch, <laughs> correct yeah. lunch. Great, yeah. great choice. All right, let's get into some St. John's basketball. We had only one game last week. Uh, it was a successful one, though a ninety-three to seventy-nine victory over the Florida State Seminoles, which was good for day drinking. <laughs> well, it was two thirty in the time. afternoon. It was a nice early game. Uh, overall, it. It was a good game. Good win. 52% from the field, 44% from three, 83% from the free throw line, which is great to see. We won the rebounding battle, 37-27. to 27. Nice big gap there. Uh, we also won the turnover battle, 16-11. to 11. Numbers much more favorable to what we were looking for uh, and what we're used to, to be completely honest. Uh, it was our typical starting lineup with Jones, Soriano, Corbella, uh, Posh Alexander and Montez Mathis. Uh, three of them got into double digits. Jones, Soriano, and Curbella. Uh, Soriano led the way. 23 points, 12 rebounds, Mr. Double-Double, killing it. 11 of 14 from free throws, which is going to be huge for us coming down the line in the Big East. Uh, David Jones, 16 points for him. Three assists, three steals. Curbello, 14 points, seven assists, six rebounds. Another good game for him. Posh just missed double digits. Nine points, four assists, three steals. Mathis had a quiet four. Off the bench, though, big game. Dylan Adewusu, 20 points, five rebounds. That's what we're looking for when we get guys off the bench. The rest of the bench was pretty quiet. Uh, a lot of guys got minutes, though, which is good to see. And, uh, you know, listen, it, it was it, it was kind of a trap game. Florida State, not good this year. 
uh, we came away with a nice 14-point victory. So at the end of the day, a win's a win, and we'll take it and head on to the Big East season. Yeah, we really handled them pretty much the entire game. Uh, we didn't get really closer than eight after you know dur- during major parts of the game. Uh, you know, Carbello had a great day. Like as you said, everybody had a great day. We just kind of showed out. And we just we were just better than them. We just played better than them. We were just better than them, uh, and I think that's which a, is nice. that's a great thing to which say. Is, which is very nice to say to your point. To which I'm sure you were about to say against like a a big major school. Like an ACC school. Yeah, I mean they are bad this year. Conference. They are bad a this big year. Conference but it is good to see, it is good to say be able to say we're, we were just better than these guys and we handled our business. You know, uh, for that for Florida State it was Darren Green Jr. thirty points career high for him. Uh, he was the one guy we let slip through. Matthew Cleveland Jr. also had twenty three. So some pretty big numbers for them. But the rest of the team was quiet, and that's why they were never able to get back in it. I mean, I think we also th- that's true. I think we ought to talk about Wusu though. The day we had twenty points off the bench. I mean, four or seven from three point land. That's great you know, for us. It's it's good. It's funny if you think about it because he's actually one of our best three point shooters. Um, but he doesn't really get credit for that because if you look at his numbers, his numbers are actually pretty good from three point line. Uh, I think the problem is when he misses, it does it looks bad. So when you're watching the game, yeah. you hear people go, "Oh no, don't take the shot." But he's really one of our best three point shooters. But the problem is when he misses, he misses. It's it's always either front rim or air ball. Yeah. But if he make, but he makes a lot of them. I mean, he. I think he shoots. I mean, last year he shot in the forties. Yeah. Um. This year he is shooting. He's shooting twenty nine percent, thirty percent from three. It's all right. So he was. So he. So this year he's shooting around thirty percent. But last year he wasn't. So we need to get. He, he's a guy who can clearly improve. I mean, last year he shot in the forties. So if we can get him to improve, that will help only help us because we need three point shooting. Uh. And he's a guy who can provide it when he when he's on. The other thing I, I wanted to talk about and. Uh, you know, I, I'm not I'm not knocking him, but Posh Alexander struggled a bit in this game to to get going. Uh, you know, he missed a lot of shots. Uh, I mean, obviously he came away with nine points, so it wasn't like a, he had a terrible day. Uh, it's just that he seemed to be, and this happens to him quite a bit. Sometimes his size seems to really hurt him. Uh, like he tries to get down low, and you know, the, the, the he he tries to lay it in, or he tries to, he has to float it over them because you know the guys are much bigger. Uh, and it ended up getting blocked, or he ends up being too bad of an angle. Uh, you know, he shot 40% on the day. He was 4 of 10 from the field, so that's not great. You know, and, and you know, listen, it, he, he gets picked up by other guys, so it's not a huge problem. He's still out there, you know, with four assists, three steals. He's still getting the job done. Uh, it's just, I, you know, I'd like to see him try to figure that out a little bit, try to make sure that he's a... He's not only a guy who can who can facilitate that he's a guy who can really score and and listen he has all year, uh, but this is just one one scenario where I could I saw, you know the other team's height coming into to a bit of play here and obviously heading into Big East season we're we're going to see bigger teams. Yeah, I, one of the things that we'll, we can talk about Wusu going four for seven. He made layups against bigger guys. He yeah. he cut in between. Use the rim for protection against a seven foot four guy. These are plays that he did not successfully pull last year, and we also used him to bring up the ball at points where, if it was either Posh or Kerr Bello uh, not in the lineup, we used him to actually bring up the ball a little bit and to pretty much pass it. Well, he would bring it up real quick as long as there's no pressure, and instantly pass it to the point guard to start the motion. He looked comfortable. He was making good decisions, and that's what we want to see from Wusu. He's played good the last few games. He yeah. really has. He really has. 
Yeah, he, de- he definitely has been a bit real asset to the team. Can we can we just talk about 11 for 14 for Joel Soriano? He's shooting 68%, which I, actually lower than I thought it would have been because uh, he's been spectacular from the line. And if he's going to spend a lot of time there in the Big East, which is likely to happen, I think we're going to be in great shape because he's going to continue to knock him down. He, so. he has the form. He yeah, the he's form. got the form down. down. You know what's something really interesting about that? So we had six guys shoot free throws. Four of them went two for two. That's great. I mean, the other one was Joe Soriano. If you can, if you can win the one. game at the free throw line, it's huge. It's huge. That's something in huge. past years that we struggled with. A I mean, lot. in close games, free throws matter yeah. a lot. Um, Absolutely. We got, we got, we were nineteen for twenty three. That's nineteen yeah, 80, points. Eighty three percent from the from the yeah. free throw line. D- free points. You're talking about free points. Eleven of Joel's twenty three points came from the line. Yeah. You know what I mean? No. Almost half. We we do. We've half. done a great job this year from the line, and we hope to see that continue into Big East play. Can we talk about also just how jo- Joel Soriano? What a luxury it is to have such a, a good, solid big man. When I mean, I 20, 23 and twenty three and twelve. Like you know, and he dom- was dominant. But like, they, look, they had a guy that was seven four. But it, I wasn't really worried about it. It could be a Joel Soriano. It is and nice to not even have to talk about, oh, he got a double-double. Yeah, it mean, being like a big thing. It, it, that's yeah. something we right. have not had for years. Oh, I mean, yeah. We looked no, for, for years. Sure. And to have him on this team, I think this takes the team to another level. He, he um, did pull an Obekpa block. He did. Have a great, he had a great block. Yeah. Absolutely. It is Absolutely. Nice. always nice to see St. John's blocking shots. It's our go-to. Well, with just one game this week, it's, uh, it's easy to talk about. It's our, we got to talk about the spotlight player of the week. I mean, I really of the game, I guess. Uh, I'm going to say Dylan, Dylan DeWusu, 20 points off the bench, uh, just five rebounds, you know, had a great game. And, and, you know, listen, obviously Joel Soriano, double-double again, it's hard to go against him, but without guys like Wusu coming off the bench or a guy like Wusu getting 20 points, you know, we're not in the same games. I mean, I'm going to have to go with Mr. Double-Double again. I may may lose out three or four on this one again, but watching that game – Watching him defensively, he controlled the post defensively. He made sure people were our position. There was a seven foot four guy which could have worked in and just put the hoop, put it around a hoop, and he never was in position. And the one time he was in position, it was a lot pass that he just dunked in real quick. Beyond that, nothing. I would say defensively, we would have to look more at Wusu defensively than we would. Actually, look at Soriano. Soriano was more of a plus defensively than Wusu was. We had a guard shoot 8 for 11 from the three-point line. Yeah, I got to agree with you, Tim. I'm going to go with Soriano for this week for our spotlight player. Uh, I mean, he's 23 points, 12 rebounds. As Tim just said, he went against the seven-footer. And then the other kid he was on is 6'10". Combined those two, only got six points in the game. So you really can't ask much more from our big man. He's focal point of our offense and our defense and our rebounding. So I guess I got to be the deciding vote on this one. Yep. Oh, uh, or you could tie it up. I mean, I guess it depends how you're going to go. Well, I can tell you. I guess I spoil alert. Um, I got to go with Joel Soriano. Um, I know Dylan Davis had a great game, and he he was an X factor here. But sometimes you got to give it to the guy who 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 brought you there. Um, twenty three and twelve, solid performance. Like you said, took care of the interior, and like like I said, just having that as a luxury is just unbelievable. So I think we got to give it to him this week. A little, little chalky in here, huh? A little chalky. <laughs> just pick the guy with the number one stats. Huh? I will give you this. Dylan shot better from the field. Seven of 11. Four of seven for three. 100% from the free throw line. Uh, not only did he have... opportunities. Oh, okay. That just means he made more shots. He made one more shot than Joel did. Uh, one assist as well. One steal. I think I think you guys got this wrong, but 
Joel Soriano, Spotlight Player of the Week. All right, now we'll look ahead to the Villanova game. First real, I mean, I guess not. We played DePaul, never mind. Not the first real, but first main part of Big East season starting up now because this will be the first game, and we'll play Big East opponents the rest of the way out. Uh, it will play at Villanova on Wednesday, 6.30 p.m. on Fox Sports 1. Villanova coming in 6-5, and five. not exactly, uh, you know, the powerhouse we're used to. Jay Wright obviously no longer there. Uh, they did have a bit of a rough start, obviously. Five losses of their first seven games. Uh, however, they've now gone on and won five in a row. Uh, they got a huge boost. Uh, Cam Whitmore was missing for them. He returned uh, for these past four games. He's been averaging 13.5 points, five rebounds. Large reason as to why they've worked their way back up. And they're really not the same team that was, you know, lost the first, you know, five out of seven games to start the season. Uh, their two other main main guys are Caleb Daniel and Eric Dixon. Both of them average 16 points a game or just under. Uh, Daniels is their do-everything kind of guy. Three and a half assists per game as well as five rebounds. Dixon has been their big man, been in their big man spot, I should say. He averages six rebounds a game. He's also shooting 50% from the field. So those will be the guys that we'll have a handful with on Wednesday. This is a bit of a game where, you know, Villanova looked bad. So you're going, oh, this is a game that, that should be easy. Uh, but this is not an easy Villanova team. This is going to be a team that's on the way back up and, you know, probably more likely where we, we where people thought they would be at the beginning of the season. Yeah, I think we really got to watch out for Cam Whitmore. Uh, he's a freshman, as he said. Uh, he was number. He was ranked 11th coming into this year as a freshman. Uh, he's been killing it the four games. He's been back. I mean, look, whenever you play Villanova at Villanova, I don't know until until you until you kill the king, they're still the king. Um, I know they've struggled this year, but like you said, they got guys coming back just in time for us. Thank thank you for that. Naturally. Good luck. We appreciate that. Um, it's still Villanova. It's still going to be in in Philly. Um, so it's a tough game, and it's a game we have to win because they're being six of five. We need look. We we have talked about the out of conference schedule. Uh, it has been brought up over and over and over again. And it's look, it's true criticism, but it, it is what it is. We have to move forward on the rest of the season. So whatever happened in the non conference happened. We're at where we're at, uh, and now we need to win the games going forward. This is a big start. Villanova, while not ranked very highly in the net, to be completely honest, they are. Uh, only 107 right now, so this would not even be a quad one opportunity. Um, but it's a game we have to win because you never know Villanova. They can get up there. It can become a quad one win later. And everybody and loves Villanova. Everybody loves Villanova, and it's also just Villanova. We, look, we have to win biggest games, and this is a team that, from looking at the non-conference, we're better than them. Yeah. So we All should right. beat them. And if we beat, you know, we need to get some momentum going to the Big East. We can get to two and zero. It's a big game for us. It's a huge absolutely, game. absolutely is Villanova. I mean, they were projected to finish third in the league. I, I know they've, they again, they've had struggles, but just because they have a new coach, just because they've had some struggles, they're, they're still Villanova. You're right about that point, Craig. And I think, you know, we may not get as much credit for the win, although I, I don't, I don't think that'll be true by the end of the season. But uh, it, it is a game where you know people are going to say, well. If Villanova wins, they'll go, oh, yeah, they're back to being Villanova. Whereas if we win, I could see them saying, well, Villanova's still a bit down. Cam Whitmore just got there. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see how how, the, how this game plays out. Yeah, I mean, really this game is going to be a two-part subject, offense and defense. Offense, are we going to utilize Joel Soriano in the offense effectively where he is going to be towering over their forwards, both of them 6'8", 
he's going to have the opportunity to offensively dominate against them. Defensively, are we going to be able to defend the three-point shot? They love shooting threes. They have everyone on that court can shoot a three. Can we adjust defensively? And that's really going to be the question of both both ends of the court. If we get the baskets in, allow to create the pressure instantly, they are a trained offense not to immediately drive down and shoot the three, which means they have to start their offense. Yeah, they run a half-court offense. Exactly. They don't want to run and gun and just shoot a three immediately. Yeah, there's going to be a big tempo game. Well, I, yeah. I, 100%. Every time we play Villanova, I think it's a tempo game for us. The other thing, and I think the Syracuse game this year is a good picture of it, if we can get them uncomfortable like we did against Syracuse to the point where they're trying to match us, we're, we're in a good spot. Because this team, this Villanova team, is not built for that. Like you, like you just said, they're built for a half court offense. They're gonna get, you know, they're gonna work their shot. They're not in a sloppy game. So if we can make a sloppy game and we can, you know, control the tempo, I think we end up on the on the W side of this game. And we'll see how disciplined they are under Kyle and Neptune. We know how disciplined they were under Jay Wright for years and years and right. years. So I think this is gonna be a big test for Kyle and Neptune. Uh, well, we're gonna see what Villanova is gonna be going forward post Jay Wright. I mean, I think that's an interesting storyline to this game and and the rest of the season, frankly. All right, so we'll see how that game turns out on Wednesday. It'll be, you know, a, a huge, huge time for us. Try to get a win, our second win in the Big East, and we'll have to see if we come out with a W. But let's look ahead to the Big East season as a whole. Uh, a lot of storylines coming in. The Big East out-of-conference schedule and season typically goes extremely well. Last year we were, you know, had the best out-of-conference season of any league, and this year not as much. It's been a bit of a rough go for the Big East. Uh, Creighton, who you know was thought to going to be a top ten team, started out that way, uh, and they've they've been a disappointment. They're currently sitting at six and six on the year, and you know, listen, six and six when you play high end teams all the time is fine. Their six losses have come in a row, by the way. They won six in a row, and then they lost six in a row. You know, the losses to Arizona and Texas are fine, but losses to Marquette. Arizona State, BYU, and Nebraska, those are bad losses. Yeah. Uh, and, and they hurt, you know, they hurt the Big East because you're coming in with less teams in high positions. And I think, you know, it, it, Creighton you know, projected to finish first in the league and instead coming into Big East play, they're, they're a question mark. Yeah, I mean, Creighton was thought of as a Final Four contender. I mean, they were a team that people were talking about. They were the top ten this they were, they, were, yeah, they were in the top five at one point. They were, they were in the top five. Uh, and then, like you said, they've struggled, which hurts the Big East overall. I mean, right now they're 47 in the net. So that's good, but that means a home game against Creighton is not a quad one. True. It's, I mean, so that's not good. We need more quad one opportunities, not less. Uh, and Creighton, you know, we could use Creighton to pick it up. We, yeah, we got to remember that this is also still a very young Creighton team. A lot of their kids are sophomores and freshmen. And so even though last year they were good, I mean, they have Cockbrenner back so he's yeah. you know he's a senior he's going to be the, the senior on the team obviously and he wants his redemption year so that's you know he's going to be playing mad which is going to be fun yeah. throughout the whole season uh this is an interesting team because they're because they're young they're still meshing together i can see in the middle of the big east them really starting to come together again then getting you know lowly seated and maybe making a little making a little noise they're always a team who can make noise you are right about that if they were already get low seated they're they're always a team who surprises people which is funny because at this point they shouldn't really be surprising anybody. They've been right. a they've been a well regarded name 
for for quite some time. And it's you know I, I, you are one hundred percent right about that though. They could absolutely sneak up on somebody in the tournament. Well, looking at the preseason poll a little bit, Xavier was projected to be number two, and they've had a good start to the year, but not great. Nine and three so far. Uh, their losses, uh, essentially all all of the big games they've played, with the exception of West Virginia, who they beat. They lost to Duke, they lost to Gonzaga, and they lost to Indiana. The three ranked teams that they played, they lost to. Now, they were close, you know, 81-79 against Indiana, uh, 71-64 against Duke, 88-84 against Gonzaga. So I think Xavier is a better team uh, than perhaps the their out-of-conference shows because they're out-of-conference right now. If you look at it, you go, oh, they sure, they whomped up on teams like Southeast Louisiana, Louisiana, uh, you know, Fairfield, Montana. Yeah, they got a win against Cincinnati and West Virginia, but they lost all their big games. I do think they're a legit team. They just, you know, they played tough games. And when you play tough games, you're going to lose some tough games. I, I think Xavier is a little bit better than I give him credit for. I think they had a pretty good. They played a lot of teams close. They got a lot of respect. Um, I know going back to the net again, but they're um, 37 in the net. They're our third highest ranked team in the net. So, I mean, Xavier's, you know, they, they've challenged themselves and they, um, you know, I think they're a team that will be good, and they're probably a tournament team. I mean, no, I, I, I agree. Think I, my, I think my point was saying that although they're nine and three, they're they're a team who you could see finishing second in the Big East. One thing we got to remember about this team is that they got a lot of their good starters coming back. They got Jack Nunji coming back. They got Kobe Jones coming back. They got Zach Fremantle coming back, and also this team. You know, as we know, we they, Sean Miller came back. This team won recently the, cleared Sean Miller. Recently cleared <laughs> Sean Miller. This team won the NIT last year. That's true. Yeah. No, they're good. Usually bad. teams that win the NIT, there's like a stat. A lot of them go on to go into the NCAA tournament and go at least to like the 16. Sweet 16. Sweet 16. Wow. Well, yeah, I mean, listen, their team I think certainly could be deadly throughout the year. Another team, unfortunately, up at the top is the Yukon Huskies. Three in the country, Ooh. undefeated. It's tough, but they are they they have a shot of being number one in the country, I got to be honest yeah. with you. Frankly, I, they're they're a very point. talented team. Uh, and... You know, they whomped up on Butler in their game. Sonogo, they, they just had no answer for him. 27 points in that game. I just, they're a team that's scary because they're very good and I don't like them. <laughs> uh, you know, that's that's where I stand. I Listen, I think it's good for the conference to have, you know, because obviously Creighton has gone and is, is, hasn't had a great start. And, and Xavier is good, but they're, they're not getting necessarily as much recognition as they should. Uh, so it is good to have. Somebody at the top again. Unfortunately, it's the UConn. The good thing is UConn is has been the team that really has impressed in the NATO conference from the Big East. I mean, yes, they have some really big wins. They beat Alabama on a, on a neutral court. Uh, they beat Iowa State, who obviously St. John's lost to. They beat Oregon. They, you know, they've had some some very big wins. Uh, and that's why that's why they're three in the country. They're number one in the net. Uh, they're number one in Ken Palm. Yeah, they're they're a good team. I mean, look, I don't like them, but they're they're a good team. No, they're, they're, um, you make an argument they should be the number one team. Yeah, hundred percent. And it, the good thing for the Big East is that they're so high that it's unlikely, no matter what happens, they're not going to drop low enough. So that's always going to be a quad run opportunity. So you know that's good for the league. You want to play good competition, and, and UConn's doing it. So um, you know, kudos to them. But hopefully, we beat them twice. <laughs> exactly. So let's take a look. We at the the Gavit tip off and the the Big East Big Twelve battle. The Gavit tip off bad year, bad year for the Big East. Uh, St. John's bright spot. Uh, one of two victories we got. Six to two was the score. Odd, odd, the the record score. Oddly enough, DePaul the other victory in the big the Gavit tip off games. Uh, in terms of the Big East Big Twelve battle, uh, it was five and five. Uh, so it was a split game. 
and, and you know, some good wins throughout there. Yeah, we had Marquette, who is currently 9-3 in the Isle Conference, be up, well, not even be up, they dominated Baylor. Absolutely, yeah. 96-70, big, big win. Yeah, because, Mar- I mean, we lost Iowa State, so having Marquette be up on Baylor like yeah. that and Baylor being a top-five team at that point, yeah, that's that's huge for the Big East. No, Marquette's is kind of a surpri- more surprising team. They were not ranked as high in the preseason poll. Um, so to have them win that game helps the conference. We needed more of those, uh, but we got Marquette took care of their job. Yeah. Uh, and they're now in the top 30. They're 28 in the net. So that means that Marquette away and at home are both quad one opportunity. They, they are a surprise. Nine, they were picked ninth in the big yeah, preseason so, poll. They're a very big surprise this year. Which I feel like anytime you bet that low on a shock, a smart team, yeah. you're not making a good decision. Even, yeah. even Marquette as a whole, historically, right? They're not a team that, that finishes ninth. They're not. I'm not saying they're always finishing in the top two, but they're, they're, in, they're a mid-group normally, uh, certainly at least in their time so far in the Big East. All right, let's take a look at the St. John's schedule and how it kind of breaks out. Obviously, we got Villanova this week. Uh, the other games in December are Xavier and Seton Hall. Xavier will be at home. That uh, New Year's Eve game at Seton Hall will be an interesting one. Seton Hall, not that great this year. They've certainly taken a step back after Kevin Willard's exit. Uh, that Xavier matchup, though, next week is is, is going to be a big one. We talked about how good Xavier is. It'll be interesting to see how we face off against them. Very important matchup. I know we don't want to look too far ahead, um, but that Xavier matchup is going to be critical because those are between us and them. We want to make the tournament. They want to make the tournament. Uh, that's gonna be a good, a really good measuring stick of where we're at, along with the Villanova game this weekend. Yeah, um, I, I think I think a win like that keeps you at the top of the the pool, though, which is good. Yeah. You, you want to stay in that yeah, group totally. with the wins against big yeah, teams like that. We're gonna be fighting with Xavier for, I mean, probably hopefully, ho- hopefully, hopefully not. Hopefully, we're definitive number one. <laughs> well, uh, I think Xavier's better than that, but I think I I think we're hopefully fighting them for high for a top tier, top one, two, or three spot. No, yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. Like they're they'll be on the. They'll be on the cuts. They'll be definitely top five in the league, I think. Yeah, they'll be, yeah, fi- they'll sure. be like four or five. So for sure. If we can get one on them early, that'd be much, well, much better. They'll definitely have the heat on at Karaseka. So uh, Sean Miller <laughs> definitely swaying through his, uh, his dress shirt. He, he would do that in the cold. Very true. Uh, looking ahead to January, we got Marquette at home. Always a, always kind of a tough to play Marquette, but that should, that should be another game that we're hoping to pull away a victory. At Providence, who's been sneaky good as well this year, 9-3, and three, uh, is heading into Big East play. Uh, Butler, which Butler, lowly Butler in the in the bottom of the conference there. Then we get our first look at UConn. His first look is away. I actually prefer to have UConn on the road first. I actually think that's better for us. We, we we finished the year at home against UConn, but having them on the road, uh, it's kind of a freebie of a game. I think middle of January, still a little early in conference play. You get to go on the road. You lose. They're going to be ranked. You know, in top twenty-five for sure. Still at that point, uh, you know, you lose. It's it's really no harm. You win, huge win, quad one win for sure. Uh, I think that's a good matchup there. Yeah, I I I do. I mean, I agree. Playing at stores is tough. Um, so we'll see what happens. But yeah, I always against bigger teams. I always like to get the first game at home. Um, but you know, you don't get to pick your schedule entirely. So, so you and Vincent are at odds in this one. Yeah, you like to get him on the road. You like to get yeah. him at home. Yeah, yeah. I, I like to have him on the road first. You get a look at him, and it, it's kind of a free, free go. Well, we do get the opportunity to play uh, at the no longer called Dunk Dunk the against dunk. Providence. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's new not arena. The dunk anymore. I yeah. think they just I, changed the name. Can we right? talk about just the beginning of the season for us for just for a second in, in, in totality? 
just looking at our schedule as a whole at the beginning, we 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 got a really tough, uh, maybe not tough, but important. Right? At Villanova is always tough. Xavier's are gonna be a tournament team. Home against Xavier at Seton Hall is tough for us. We always struggle at Seton Hall for Certainly. whatever reason. I know Shehinalo is a new coach, but it's a house of horrors for us. It is. Um, Marquette is a good team, even though we're at home. That's a good team. At Providence, Providence is a tough place to play. All right, maybe we get Butler home good, but then we go at UConn. I mean, like that's a tough start to these games. It, it, it is. It is a very tough start. I mean, listen, there's no easy games in the Big East. No, right? that's true. And there's no easy stretch. But that to start with those Georgetown six. DePaul. Well, Georgetown, <laughs> Paul. But uh, we'll get there. We've, unfortunately, uh, we don't play them back to back exactly. But uh, I think you are right in that having a home game against Xavier, a home game against Marquette, and a away game against Connecticut, all in the first six games, as well as the home game, uh, away game against Villanova, is a tough start, and it's important for us. Going further into the schedule, though, it, I think I think actually that stretch is the stretch at the end there of January is even tougher, or in the middle. You're at Connecticut, you're home against Villanova, and then you're at Creighton in a row. Those three games, three. from yeah. January 15th to the 25th, we're going to be dying for the game for the 29th, which will be home against Georgetown. With Georgetown, absolute garbage. We're absolutely going to beat them. So um, I think that stretch there is going to be, I mean, killer for us. That's going to make or break where we're going to be in the Big East, those three games. Mm-hmm. If we can win two out of three of those, we're definitely going to be top three. If we, can, if we lose two out of three of those... We're probably going to find ourselves in the four or five range. Yeah, yeah. I think that's. that's I, think that's, I mean, it's a fair. I think that's how it goes. Looking at February, start home against Seton Hall. Then we're at Xavier, at Butler, home against Providence, at DePaul. Uh, obviously, we played DePaul already, so they, we get the one off against them. Uh, that's that's actually a pretty good stretch for us yeah, to get say. some wins. Seton Hall yeah. at home, it's at at Xavier's tough. That may be a loss. But at Butler, Butler's not good. Home against Providence, that's a game we should win. Have to win. Absolutely. At DePaul, that's a game we should win. Absolutely. Uh, then home against Creighton's a game we should win. Home frankly. against the Creighton. Way they're the way they've been playing, 100%. Right. And, and, and if we're trying to be legit. If we're trying to be a tournament team, that's a game we, we absolutely have to win. Then we finish the game out at Georgetown. Home against Connecticut, our last home game of the year, and then at Marquette. That's going to be a tough game yes. in February. Tough. I mean, that I, that could be a that could be the real deciding game. It's, in terms of our season. it really could. I mean, if you think about that February stretch is actually pretty good. I like where we're at in February. Yeah. But the end of February with the home against UConn and then going at Marquette for our last game of the year, that is a tough end. Well, even, even the yeah. last four home against Creighton. You do have the Georgetown game in the middle, but you're home against Creighton. Creighton, listen, they may not be good yeah, right now. Yeah. They were picked to be a top ten team, right? So you got you got to take it on face value. Those four games, home against Creighton, obviously at Georgetown, you're good. But you're right though. That finishing with those two, UConn and Marquette, yeah, you I never mean, know. That's Georgetown rough. always tries to play those tough whenever we're there. They do. It's they do. Game. But they're they're, they're so bad. This year. You know what that is? You know what that Georgetown game is? A trap game. Trap game, big time. Yeah. Look at Heading that. Right between UConn. Right, right between Creighton. You're absolutely right. Right between Creighton and end. I'm very excited to see. I'm sorry. <laughs> Side note. I'm very excited to see the entire season how Sunogo and Soriano are going to go. First of all, at it whenever when they play each other. Yeah. But how they're going to be the, the top two big men of the league and they're going to go back and forth. For play, for play of the year. For play of the year. For play of the year. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, it is yeah. cool to see that that we're going to be involved in that conversation. We're a player from our team. Obviously, big man is not something we've had yeah. of lately. Uh, so it'll be cool to see, though. You're 100% right. That's really the matchup, I think, uh, player matchup that I, I'm looking most forward to in, in this season. All right. So here's what I want from you guys I want to know. What do you think our toughest win is going to be? And what do you think our biggest letdown loss is going to be? So maybe it's, it's a game that we should win and that we're gonna, you think we're going to lose. My toughest win is actually a combo, per se. I think we sweep Xavier. 
Wow. Okay. okay. But I think we lose at the dunk. You think we lose at Providence? Yeah. So that's your letdown game. Yeah. All right. That's fair. Providence I think is rebuilding right now. That's fair. And they're about the same as us in terms of preseason poll and stuff. Uh, they had a decent out of conference. They're not great. All right. That's interesting. I, I think the sweeping Xavier would be spectacular for us. If we can pull that off, we're going to be in great shape. Uh, Nick, what do you got for us? So I, I, I believe our letdown game is going to be February 7th at Butler. Okay. Um, we we don't play well at Butler. Hinkle's Hinkle's tough. Hinkle's a tough. It's the rims. It's the, the way it is. The way it's set up. It's tough to shoot on. It's tough for your eyes to adjust for a lot of players. Yeah. Um. We, we seem to always struggle there. We um, certainly have. So that's going to be my letdown game. All right. Um. For my my game that I think, um. I mean, it's kind of tough to say, but I'm I'm going to say at Creighton. It's tough to say because they're not as good as they're supposed to be, but I still think that's a very big game. They're a good team. It's also um, an incredibly hostile place to play. Yeah, that's yeah. also, you know, it's 10,000, 12,000 seat arena, and it's filled, and they're yelling, and they're. It's the a whole tough, time tough place up. to play. And, and again, they were projected to, you know, be a great team. So yeah, I, yeah. I like that as a tough win. And I think we could pull that one off. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's the warmest place in Omaha at that point. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> that's Especially true. In January. Craig, what do you got? So I think our letdown game, which I've t- I said it a little bit before, I hinted at it. Uh, I think uh, New Year's Eve at Seen Hall, that's a game Fair. we should absolutely win. It's a game and we should game, game we and will, a game we could lose. We could lose. That's why numbers yeah. should go to that game. I know, I know. I usually don't. We usually, don't. We, we don't want the curse to come. No, no, no. I de- we definitely don't want the curse to go. So I really want, tempted to pick our biggest win. I really tempted to pick UConn as our last game. Home or at, away? At home. Oh, at home, okay, at home, okay. At home. I think a noon but, game. So. I said I'm tempted. I'm not going to because I don't <laughs> think I can really do that. Uh, I think our, maybe our, like kind of like Tim said, maybe a package deal. I think we're going to sweep both Nova and Creighton this year. Wow. I think that's okay. Our, that's our biggest. That would be, big. that would be, be our huge. big win. Huge right so it's not there. really a big win, but it's uh, no, it's a big combo. I get you. If we, we do that, we're number two in the Big East. Uh, yeah, I could see it, that. Unless, otherwise, we're number one. Well, I think we. Yeah, I think you're right. If we win all four of those, we're probably top two. Uh, I don't know if I don't know if we're top one. I think our biggest letdown game uh, is going to be. It's, it's tough for me. I, I was I was kind of leaning towards the Seton Hall game, although they're just not good. So I, I just don't think that's going to be it. I also Georgetown's not good enough to beat us. So that's a that's like an easy layup. I think I'm actually going to go at DePaul. I think by our by sisters. by February they're going to have put it together. And they're going to sneak one against us. They're going to try to get David Jones back. Mm. Uh, and they, they sneak one against us. Mm. I think our toughest win, uh, and I'll take the leap of faith, is going to be, you ready for this? Yeah. At UConn on January 15th. Wow. We're going to go into Hartford, Connecticut, and we're going to win at noon, which is something we almost never do never. anyway, regardless of who we're playing. It's a new team. It's a new I us. think it's a new, it's a new us. I think we go, we come off a Butler win, and we say, listen, this is it. We are going to put ourselves on the map right now, today. We're going to beat UConn at UConn. So how many points does AJ Store score at Stores? It's <laughs> a very valid question. Very, very valid question. Drop 60 off the bench. Uh, 60. <laughs> if he drops 60, we're absolutely winning, no doubt. <laughs> AJ Store drops 60. You can write the win in the books, no doubt. All right. Where do you think we finish? How many Big East wins and in what position? Uh, or You don't have to say necessarily how many wins. Just where do you think... We're gonna finish at the end of the year in the Big East. So I, I, I think we're gonna end up in. I like to say second, but I, I think second or third. Okay, high hopes. I think I think those are low hopes. 
All right. I mean, I think those are high hopes. I mean, <laughs> we, we were projected to finish fifth, so uh, you know we're better than the haters. That's, they hate. That's us. fair. They hate us. Actually, they hate we, we were projected us. to finish sixth. So they hate us because they ain't us. All right, one They're or two, two light. or three for Nick. Tim, what do you got? Uh, I'm actually gonna go. I think we're gonna end up tied for second and a record of twelve and eight. Wow, even gave us the record there. Twelve and eight would be a great, uh, great Big East season for us. I think with twelve and eight, you're certainly looking at a NCAA tournament bid for sure. Craig, what do you got? I'm gonna be a little bit downer opposed to them too. Well, they went high hopes. I gotta be real real with you guys. That was the... I don't know if twelve and eight is high hopes. I don't know twelve and eight is high. I'm gonna say fourth. I think we get fourth. Fourth. That's that's what I think. I don't know the number. I, I hard to project on the wins, but I think we end up fourth. Fourth. I think fourth is more realistic. I think second is a high end, and I think it, it could happen. It's that's attainable. Why I said second, third. Because my thing is here. I think UConn. Because you don't like UConn, to fully commit. <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, UConn is number one, and I think Creighton does figure it out and come. Yeah, together. I, I can see Creighton. And then I think we're there. I think we're three. Xavier, then probably Villanova. I think we're going to finish third. I think you're right. I think Creighton's going to put it back together. Uh, I think Villanova is starting to put it back together. Uh, they're still going to struggle a bit, I think. Yeah, they'll have growing pains. Uh, but then they're going to put it back together. I would put them probably fourth. And I'm sorry, I put Xavier probably fourth or third, probably battling with us. But I think we'll we'll beat them out. That's why it's a um, crucial game. 100% that's a crucial game. But I think we finished third. So at netting it together here, uh, Tim said two, Craig said four. Looks like we're averaging about a th- two and a half. So well, we're gonna, I, I did we're say gonna... tie for second. So okay, we're gonna go three then. I think I think on average here we, we have an agreement. We're gonna be in about the three spot. Uh, high hopes, but I think we can pull it off. Eleven and one coming out of Big East, coming into Big East play. And I know, like Craig said, people are hating on the conference out of conference record, but it is what it is. At the end of the day, sure, is it gonna help you at tournament time? Maybe not. But we're eleven and one. Uh, we have eleven wins, and you know a good Big East year. We find ourselves in the tournament at the end of this year, I believe. We just got to win games. At this point, look, the schedule is what it is. We yeah. just have to win games. And if we win enough games, we get to the tournament, then you keep playing until you stop winning games. Plenty of quad one opportunities coming our way. Need uh, Nebraska to keep winning. <laughs> well, if all, they, they, can, they can win, too. That Go would be, corn that would be helpful. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, that'll do it for us here at the Red Storm Chasers. Uh, for Craig, Tim, and Nick, I'm Vincent. Go Johnnies. Keep chasing.